and welcome to another Tusk Talks Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Adam Chalk, and I am here to give my honest opinions on the things we like or dislike from all the goings-on in professional wrestling, from shows like WWE, Monday Night Raw, Friday Night Smackdown, NXT, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, Impact Wrestling, as well as pay-per-views, premium live events, and some indie shows, as well as talking about the latest news headlines doing the rounds. So why not go ahead and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hi, what's up everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I am Adam Chalk, and I want to start by apologising if you were expecting the Raw review out yesterday. We've had a few issues with getting the podcast out. It was all recorded, all recorded fine, but problem with the publication so what I've decided to do instead is come on what would have been the NXT review and kind of combine them both together so we're going to go through Raw first even though it's a little bit outdated already um, because that's how fast things move in wrestling but so we're going to do Monday Night Raw and then we'll go to NXT. Let's just get on with it, shall we? I've got a lot to talk about. <clears throat> and Raw opened the show with Cody Rhodes. Uh, he came out cut a promo after winning the Royal Rumble on Saturday. He says that he's not the same person as he was 15 years ago. Uh, he told a story about telling himself he would be a champion within two years when he was 19. <clears throat> uh, he goes over all the things he's done in his career. Would he go and tell the 19-year-old him about all the things that happened? He says he certainly wouldn't. He says WWE has more than one royal family and he has to stand across from the bloodline at WrestleMania and stand across from Roman Reigns. He tells Roman that after WrestleMania, you can go back to being the tribal chief, the biggest star in the industry, the number one wrestler in the world. But one thing you cannot call yourself is the WWE Undisputed Universal Champion. The Judgment Day then come out, minus Rhea Ripley. Uh, Finn Balor asks if Cody is going to do anything original or just steal off him again like he's done throughout his career Dominic claims that it should have been him winning the Royal Rumble and Cody stole his spotlight he says <laughs> that Cody would have gotten got for that in prison uh, uh, Cody says are you trying to scare me straight he adds he has respect for Dominic's dad but uh, Dominic replies that he hasn't got respect for his dad, Rey Mysterio, and he hasn't got respect for anyone's dad, especially Cody's dad. Uh, Cody then goes on to challenge one of them for a match later in the night. They go off, they show a few bits of what's to come, and then Edge's music hits, and he bolts out of the entranceway, starts attacking Finn, a big old brawl breaks out, and officials and that all come down to break it up I really liked all this uh, Cody is really cheesy but 
WWE love that kind of thing. And he's not stupid. <clears throat> he knows exactly what he's doing. And he is a star. Once again, the Judgment Day were great as well. And I love how they know how crap Dominic Mysterio is. And they sort of play off that. I think it's tremendous. Our opening match was Seth Rollins versus Chad Gable. Gable sort of out-wrestled Seth early on. Huge rolling German, got a two count. Uh, he hit a diving headbutt as well, which also got two. After a break, Gable did his sick dragon whip. Um, he goes for a moonsault, but misses Rollins. Rollins gets up, hits a buckle bomb. Uh, later, a super kick and a falcon arrow, which gets two. Both guys then go for roll-ups. Gable goes for a Dominator. He gets a two off of that. Uh, he sort of keeps going for that ankle. Trying to lock in the ankle lock. And it's a bit of a struggle. But Rollins does a beautiful roll through. Straight into a pedigree. And Seth Rollins wins the match. This was as good as you would think it would be. Um... I'm not really going to talk about some of the backstage bits from this show here, so I'll mention it now because it kind of ties in. It does look like Gable may be going alone. It's later on. Maximum male models seem to have been trying to recruit Otis, which is brilliant, by the way. But it also is brilliant that Gable looks like he's going to get a bit of a push um yeah brilliant and Seth's great the only problem with this is that Seth Rollins is still dicking around with the United States champion a little bit but I'm not worried as we seem to have Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul going into Wrestlemania and that'll be great up next was EO Sky versus Candice LeRae this is pretty good at times. Uh, I do feel like Candice is holding back a little bit when it comes to her offence. But it's understandable when you think she's been out for so long and she's had a baby. Uh, Mia Yim was in the corner of Candice Lorraine. and I just do not see the point of her at the moment. Um, she was Becky Lynch, Lynch's friend and didn't do anything for her. Now she's... Candice's friend and didn't do anything for her either. Not sure what they're doing with her. I'm also getting a bit tired of damage control as a group as well, like so many of us are, but hopefully we see the end to that soon. Rhea Ripley then came out to the ring. She says that she wanted a spotlight just for herself tonight, so she's not with the rest of the Judgment Day. She talks about winning the Royal Rumble and also about losing to Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania three years ago. So she goes on to choose to challenge Charlotte again for this year's WrestleMania. Uh, I felt a little bit flat. Look, I love Ray Ripley and she's great here, the way she delivered all this. But the booking, I mean, personally, I'd rather see Rhea versus Bianca Belair. But I do believe this will still be a good match. 
when it comes around to WrestleMania. I know Charlotte hasn't been great since coming back. Give her a bit of time. I think she'll get there. It also tells me something big may be planned for Bianca Belair at WrestleMania as well. Well, I'm not quite sure what that is at the moment. Baron Corbin versus Johnny Gargano was next. Uh, Corbin was all over Johnny early on. And at one point, he even chokeslammed him onto the barricade on the outside. Corbin continued the beatdown after a break until Johnny hit a slingshot spear, which got a two count. Corbin hit a deep six out of nowhere to get a nice near fall. Uh, Johnny sent Corbin to the outside and hit a suicide dive, which pissed off JBL, who tried to take apart the announce desk. This is when Dexter Loomis walked over and had a knife, uh, had an axe on him, and for some reason put it through JBL's cowboy hat, to which JBL did a really crap slapstick bump for as well. <clears throat> anyway, back in the ring, Johnny Gargano won the match with a roll-up. At least we're seeing Johnny wrestle now, which is better than hearing him tell his corny jokes, which aren't funny. And dancing around with a cowboy hat. Uh, actually, this match is pretty decent. I think Corbin is really underrated. I'm not saying he's a great or anything like that, but definitely underrated. MVP is an out for the VIP lounge. And his guest is Austin Theory. Uh, Theory tells MVP that he's going to make him relevant. MVP brings up the Elimination Chamber and now he has to go against five other men to defend his United States Championship. Uh, they argue back and forth and argue about Bobby Lashley being able to beat Theory. Theory brings up Brock Lesnar's name, which leads to Bobby Lashley coming out and he just comes out and beats the crap out of Theory. But when he goes for his spear, Theory pulls MVP in the way, meaning MVP got the full force of Lashley's spear. I've got to be honest, this was a terrible segment. Austin Theory is not a good talker at all at the moment. Hopefully he'll get better and we'll see something a bit more out of him. But just keep him away from this stuff, I would. Just have him wrestle. Not good at all. Um, the Miz was then in the ring, moaning about his treatment again. Uh, Adam Pearce cut him off, thankfully, and then he brought out the newest member of the Raw roster, and it was Rick Boogs. He makes a match between them official. Uh, Boogs throws him around a little bit, hits a gorilla press slam, and wins the match. I can't really... This is going to sound harsh. I can't say I've missed Rick Boogs, but it is good to see him back. Uh, but something tells me he's going to need Shinsuke and Pat McAfee to get over. And he's not going to get that on Raw. But we'll we'll see, I guess. We get a big recap then of what happened at the Royal Rumble with the Bloodline. Which we'll talk more about on Smackdown. Bailey is in out again. But on her own this time. Uh, she talks about what they did to Becky Lynch last week. And eliminating Becky from the Royal Rumble. <clears throat> Becky, of course, then came out. She tells Bailey to shut up. 
and says she didn't need to win the Royal Rumble, she just needed to make sure Bailey didn't. Why enter it then? That line really annoyed me. Uh, they argue a lot. Bailey says the only reason Seth married her was because he knocked her up. Becky then challenges uh, Bailey for a match next week inside of a steel cage. And before Bailey gave her answer, she pulls out Dakota Kai from sort of the backstage where she's obviously beating her up. And Bailey agrees to the match next week. And I really hope the feud ends right there because it has not been good at all. Adam Pearce is in backstage and he gets interviewed. He makes the cage match official and announces we're getting a women's elimination chamber match to see who will face Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. This is when Chelsea Green walks in moaning about not getting her own locker room and no chocolates and that kind of thing. So her new character is a Karen. And I think I like the idea. Uh, she's definitely talented enough to get it over, I think. Dolph Ziggler versus Bronson Reed was the next match. And this was a typical Dolph Ziggler match. He starts off hot, but then gets battered. Even though he did it, a DDT and a zigzag in there. He then gets planted with a powerbomb and a tsunami. And that's that. The result was never in doubt. And I feel Dolph Ziggler's probably had his time in WWE. I have no interest in seeing any more of his matches. I know that's harsh. And I was a big Dolph Ziggler fan. But he's been way down the uh, pecking order for quite some time now. We then see that uh, Carmella is back on Raw. Great to see her back. She's been through a pretty rough time lately. Uh, she gets interrupted by Asuka, who's sort of spitting up some crap, which missed, I guess. And then our main event was Cody Rhodes versus Finn Balor. Uh, Cody looked on top until Finn attacked the peck of Cody, trying to re-injure him. Cody came back with a disaster kick and a suicide dive, though. He then takes out Priest and Dominic on the outside. After a second break, Cody delivered a delayed superplex from the second rope. Uh, both guys throw hard strikes, but Cody caught him with a Cody cutter. That got him a two count. Finn sent Cody to the outside, and the Judgment Day sort of circled around him. But all of a sudden, Priest jumped the barricade because Edge was making his way down through the crowd. Edge beats up Priest, though, and he decks Dom with a spear. Rhea Ripley, though, starts battering Edge. This is when Beth Phoenix bolted down the entranceway and speared Rhea again. Back in the ring, Finn is up on top looking to hit the coup de grace. But Edge gets on the apron and distracts him, which meant he missed the move. Cody got up, hit three crossroads and won the match. I thought this was an excellent main event. Um, Balor's great, as we know. And Cody Rhodes, just... He is the next big star of WWE, in my opinion. There's just no doubt about it. 
if what we're hearing is to believe that Roman is going to take an even lighter schedule after WrestleMania, I don't think there's anyone better than Cody Rhodes to take his place for a little bit. <clears throat> but that was Raw. Um, I thought a really fun Raw. Was it... Um, was there a bit of table setting? I guess there was. For what's to come over the next two or three months. But I don't really think anything major happened. But it was just good to watch. So let's get to NXT, shall we? They opened up with the Creed Brothers versus Indus Sher, A match that they've been teasing what, for two, three months now? Julius and Veer start off the match, and they go to hard strikes right away. Sanger and Brutus come into the match. Uh, Indusherm managed to get Brutus down for a bit, but the Creeds go to, to uh, double-teaming and taking down Veer. Off a Jinder Mahal distraction, Indusher took control of Julius, they sort of singled him out in the corner for most of the match. Nothing really happened for ages. Until Brutus got a hot tag and he took both Indusher members out. Uh, Brutus did a standing moonsault and Julius, with a standing shooting star, got a two count on Veer. Sanger and Brutus wiped themselves out of the ring. Uh, and inside the ring, Julius did a great powerbomb on Veer. He set up for his finisher, but Jinder grabbed his legs. Jumped on the apron. This is when Ivy Nile confronted him there. This all led to Julius bumping Ivy Nile off the apron by mistake. He then gets nailed with a lariat. Sanger gets tagged in. He hits a chokeslam. And Indus Sherm win the match. <coughs> this was nowhere near as hard-hitting and dangerous as it could have been. In fact, 80% of this was boring as hell. It wasn't into it at all. Sanger is useless as well, by the way. I just look lost out there. He's been doing this a little while now, so he shouldn't really be showing signs of this still. I don't see any progression in him. The Creeds almost feel like they've stored as well lately. I want to see more from them. And they're great, but I don't know. Just need something different from everybody involved in this. So we start versus Indy Hartwell was our next match. Indy was frustrating Stark early on and was all over her. But Stark raked the eyes and smashed her with a sliding lariat. Indy fought back and hit a sidewalk slam for a two. Uh, Stark though hung her up on the ropes and then did a awesome flipping springboard thing from the apron. That got a two count. Indy Hartwell throws some hard strikes but gets caught with a super kick and a German suplex from Stark. <coughs> Stark then knocks Indy off the top rope, hits her ver variation of the GTS and wins the match. This was decent. Especially from Zoe Stark, who's far too good to be in NXT. She needs to be on that main roster right now. 
hopefully they saw that with the Royal Rumble. Indy Hartwell still looks a little bit awkward for me in there. But I still think she has a lot to offer. Just maybe not in the ring. I liked it when she was part of the way. She had decent comedic timing, I thought. But yeah. After the match, so he starts continued uh, attacking Hartwell, but Sol Ruka ran out to make the save. Wesley then came to the ring for a promo. He talks about NXT being back on the road and then talks about Dijak. Uh, he says he'll probably get a kick in on Saturday, but he will remain North American champion. Uh, Dijak comes out and chats some bollocks about being the biggest and baddest man in the room. Uh, Wesley then talks about fighting for everything he's achieved. And at Vengeance Day, you aren't just fighting him, you're fighting everyone from the West Side. Dijak says, yeah... You might fight for them, but they won't fight for you. This is when Robert Stone and Von Wagner come out. Uh, they basically take the piss out of Dijak. Wesley then becomes general manager all of a sudden and seems to make Von Wagner versus Dijak. Uh, Dijak goes to hit Wesley, but connects with Wagner. Wagner then gets rid of Dijak from the ring. And referee slides in and the match is about to take place but this segment was bollocks uh wesley felt like an annoying twat dijak is an idiot and von wagner just hasn't got any better on the microphone at all but it was then of course von wagner versus dijak <laughs> by the way excuse the uh, squeaky chair i don't know what is up with it today Try not to move too much. But yeah, this match, uh, both guys threw big strikes after a break. There was a big corner suplex by uh, Wagner, which looked badass, actually. A bit later, Dijak nailed a super kick, but ran straight into a big boot by Von Wagner. Uh, Dijak then backflipped out of a choke slam to deliver one of his own, but Wagner kicked out. Uh, they then fight on the top turnbuckle where Von Wagner did a type of sort of swinging neckbreaker thing. Dijak though kicked out of that. He gets back up, gets back into it, hits his uh, GTS type thing. A lot of that going on in NXT. And he picked up the win. I'm not really a fan of either man if I'm honest. I do... I I, don't, I get some joy out of watching Rob Von Wagner, but not because he's great or anything like that. But this was just good, dumb fun, really, for what it was. Nothing more than that. Uh, they then revisit what happened to Nikita Lyons with a bit of a whodunit, where they have you know the women's roster all in the vicinity. Um. Not one of them gave a crap about her and just walked on by. And that's exactly how I feel about all this, to be honest. I didn't give a crap. What I certainly do give a crap about, though, was Tyler Bate versus Axiom. There was some nice back and forth early on in this one, but 
Uh, Tyler Bate just gets the better of it. Axiom got the first pin attempt off a drop kick, which got a two. Uh, they both crash and burn as they go to a break on the outside. Afterwards, Bate does an airplane spin. Uh, Axiom fights back and blasts a punt kick. That got two. Later, they both attempt roll-ups, but neither man can quite get the win. Uh, Bate hits his rebound lariat thing. Goes for the Tyler Driver 97, but Axiom reverses it with a Hurricane Rana. That gets two, but then Bate does manage to hit that move straight after and picks up the win. Fantastic action from these two quality wrestlers who, again, are both too good to be in NXT. If they are going to carry on viewing this as developmental anyway. After the match, Damon Kemp did sneak attack both of them, uh, which I'm not that bothered about. But, yeah, great match from those two guys. We then see Albert Fire and Isla Dawn have now joined forces. I won't talk about it too much, but it does look like a great tag team there. We then have this sit-down split-screen interview thing with Roxanne Perez and Toxic Attraction. Uh, Perez talks about being in the Royal Rumble. Toxic Attraction basically take a piss. and To be honest, they pissed me off with the way they, that they talk, so I sort of zoned out from what they were saying, so I haven't written it down. It's just someone needs to shut JC Jane up because it's just awful to listen to. And the whole segment ended when Roxanne Perez went over to their side and attacked both of them. I thought it was rubbish. The next match that we had was Stevie Turner versus Danny Palmer. Uh, This was Stevie Turner's debut. Uh, Palmer was showing off a little bit early on until Turner put the boots to her. And she had a big neck breaker. Palmer fires back with clotheslines and a fez press. Turner, though, with a punt kick and a DDT, turns it round and finishes it with a big urinagi slam for the win. Look, the character of Stevie Turner sucks. I hate it. But she has something in her work. It's the first time I've seen her wrestle. I thought she looked quite exciting. So we'll see. Charlie Dempsey versus Drew Gulak was next. This was uh, very technical early on, and Dempsey seemed to get the better of the exchanges. He was sort of hitting suplexes and then going back to attacking the limbs. Gulak comes back with a clothesline, which got two count, but Dempsey just grabs a limb again. Uh, Gulak slaps him, though, which fires him up, and they reverse submission holds. Uh, Dempsey locks in a chicken wing, but Gulak, after a while, manages to sort of roll through, which throws Dempsey into Hank Walker. Who was on the outside, of course. And Gulak rolls him up and wins the match. The action was actually very good, as you'd expect in this um, this style of match. But the finish was terrible. <coughs> um, yeah, didn't like that at all. And our main event was the triple threat 
tag team match to see who would go on to Vengeance Day in a fatal four-way. It was the Dayad versus Idris Nofe and Malik Blade versus Andre Chase and Duke Hudson. Hudson and Fowler start off the match where Duke just overpowers him. Uh, Chase and Nofe come in next. Both guys go for roll-ups. Nofe hit a nice drop kick. The Dyad come in and they single out Andre Chase and work him over. They then make sure Chase couldn't tag anyone else in by wiping everyone off the apron. Fowler hit a backstabber. That got two count. Uh, Hudson manages to get the hot tag. Yeah, he takes out the Dyad. He hit a beautiful float over German on Jagger Reed. That got two count. Uh, Blade got a blind tag. And he takes everyone out. A splash by him and an elbow drop by Enofe. Nearly getting the win, but everyone rushed in to break up the pin. Enofe and Blade then do a mad dive over the top rope to the outside, taking everyone out. Andre Chase gets a blind tag and we get a Tower of Doom spot. He then does the chase you kicks on Jagger Reed. Ava Rain tries to cause a distraction, but Fear Hale comes across and takes her out. Uh, Chase and Hudson then hit uh, an assisted flatliner and pick up the win. This was pretty good once again. Uh, but my eyes, if I'm honest, were drawn to Fear Hale, who's just so great in her role. Uh, she looks born to sort of play that role. I think she's great. After the match, we did get Gallus up in the uh, Regal's Nest or whatever it's called. Pretty deadly on the entranceway. And then New Day were on the big screen. And that's how it ended. Pretty weird ending to the show. But I think some of the action on this was very good. Some was crap. I don't think there was enough stupid fun nonsense because that's what makes NXT quite entertaining. But nonetheless, uh, pretty decent. I apologise, I've sort of stuck them both together and we can't go into more detail, but I'm sort of short for time. Um... But that is your Raw and NXT reviews. And as always, you can tell us what you thought of both shows through our Tusk Talks Wrestling Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter. I am at AdamChalk8 on there. I'll be back tomorrow with the AW Dynamite review. So until then, I've been Adam Chalk. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.